Today on the World Triathlon Podcast, we get to hear from the USA's Erica Ackerland. Erica has been a regular face on the World Cup circuit since 2018 and made the step up to the series in 2020. Since when, two excellent seasons have seen the 26-year-old establish herself as a key part of the new era in American triathlon, even as some of its more established stars return to the fray. She shared her first start of 2023 in New Plymouth with one of those, Gwen Jorgensen, and a seventh place finish will have been a strong foundation for the year ahead. So, Eric, welcome to the podcast. How are you? And where are you? Hey, thank you. Um, I am good. I'm in Boulder, Colorado right now, like most of our U.S. team. Um, yeah, just like a week out from the New Plymouth World Cup. So getting back to training now. Yeah, nice. How many of you from there were there in New Plymouth then? You come from six more? girls came back here to train yeah. for the New Plymouth World Cup? At least six. Yeah. Including Gwen, right? Is she based there? Yeah. I mean, yeah, in for a while before, wasn't she? But um, yeah, was that the f- had you have you crossed paths previously in in Boulder, or was that the first time like first time sharing a start line? Presumably, but it was definitely the first time I raced with her because um, yeah, I think she retired before I even did my first Conti Cup. Um, but I have met her here. Yeah, I actually ran into her on a bike ride. Uh and said hello and then um we actually did a long ride together a couple weeks back so but then she took off to new zealand she went a while ahead of the rest of us so yeah we'll see i'm do some more training with her we'll see well, i should mention in a way coming back after that length of time is not dissimilar to when you kind of start out those first few world cups right and that yeah way and everything's a little bit kind of green and and weird and yeah for sure i think to be honest like you know, having won as many races as she did, I'm sure she would love to come back and win. But I was like, that's actually a pretty good first try back after so long. I felt like, yeah. Yeah. I um, obviously want to go into your kind of formative uh, years as well. Your your kind of trajectory has been a pretty interesting one into into the top tier um, as well. And you've been doing plenty of articles for Slow Twitch, which have been very interesting to uh, to read. And obviously, like, opened up some some interesting conversations around mental health and so on so we'll be good to talk about those but yeah i mean let's let's start in new plymouth um you finished seventh that was your first start of 23 so pretty happy with how that was and putting things into place from from the off season yeah i mean it was a very like another consistent race uh, i'm always very consistent um i think my swim was like a little further back than i would hope in a world cup but um, I had a had a really good like transition one onto the bike and made up a ton of time there, which um, you know, kind of having those skills is really helpful for racing. So yeah, overall, like it was a solid race. Yeah, <laughs> you, you you talked about your consistency as in in a slightly <laughs> what? Where's your like your if you were working on you know. Your your magic bullet, say for twenty twenty three. What are you What are you trying to kind of bolt on that can that can tick things up to that to that podium? Do you think? Yeah. Um. I mean, I don't think it's any one thing for me because I think across swim, bike, and run, I'm like surprisingly more very even. Um. So it's really just kind of continuing to train all three and, um, you know, a little bit more fitness across the board. Um. I, you know, like I think the run is kind of that final piece you need in the end. So hopefully that keeps coming along. I do feel like I've made some progress over the last years. Yeah. 
does it like a fair amount of it for where you are now is it is it a bit of patience as well and putting in the volume and and just kind of keeping those those building blocks coming in and yeah yeah i think so um like sometimes i'll look back at other people's histories and you know we just see the wins but like it does take a a fair bit of time to make your way there even for some of the best people so um yeah just trying to be patient and like see the gains that you are making like um really i do think i've made quite a lot of progress over the last years and uh just try to remember that um even when the team's so good and they're still so much further that i'd love to go you know I guess, yeah, one of the things I wanted to ask you about in terms of your, your trajectory and so on, like, you know, you said 2016 was your, as as Gwen was retiring, you were kind of just getting started. Abu Dhabi was actually your first championship finals as well, wasn't it, last year? Yeah. Uh, Sophie Coldwell, when we were in Abu Dhabi last month, was talking about her kind of, how she's basically competed at every single step of the rung to where she is now and like you know that that silver was obviously like a, a career best and you know she would she's looking back on racing since the age of eight um the for you i guess yeah kind of growing up in montana and so on and coming to triathlon quite late i don't know does it do, do, do you feel you can use that to your advantage now do you sort of look back and think oh, i wish i'd kind of got into it a little bit earlier or yeah um I'm not sure. Like, so growing up, I definitely had, like, I had a swim coach that he was, like, always trying to push me to swim more often. He's like, we can, like, do swimming and running at the same time. And, you know, I really just did, like, high school swimming season, high school running season. You know, I do a couple months a year. Um, did a little bit of, like, a mountain bike club, which I loved. But, you know, I think maybe we went out 10 times a year. <laughs> um so yeah, I didn't do a ton of it. And sometimes I wonder like, where would I be now if I had put in like some of the miles that I hear other people have done when they were younger. But then at the same time, like we have so long in sport and, you know, there's women racing 35 and older, you know, and they're at the top and um, it takes a lot of time. So I don't know if I would have like the love to train as hard as I do and want to do that for you know the next 10 plus years if I had done so much when I was young so um I think yeah like we still have so much room to grow and as we get older as women we um you know we have a long time left to to still push really hard and be at the top of the game so I don't like whilst I maybe think it may have held me back a little at the start like um in the end, I don't think that's going to be like to my detriment that I didn't start sooner. I think I still have so many more years uh, to train. Um, but yeah, like similar to Sophie Caldwell, I'm very much like I did the Conti Cups. I did the World Cups. Now I'm getting into the World Triathlon Series and kind of very slowly like made my way up through each of those levels and tried to really perform at well at each level consistently before I jumped up to the next one. Um, yeah. And growing up in Montana, right in in a pretty is it no St Helens? No, where was the what was the town that you Helena is where I'm from. Helena, sorry, right, which is actually like the capital of Montana State, right? Yep. yep. But it's still only like a town of thirty thousand people. Yeah, <laughs> so it's, it's small. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, there's not that many big cities in Montana. So it's a very rural state in general. So yeah. yeah. Um. So, I mean, yeah, you know, did, did you have a kind of, 
what you would consider kind of an idyllic small town US kind of growing up. Um, yeah, it's like a, it's it's a pretty rural Northwest US state, right? For those that don't necessarily know it, um, but I mean, yeah. stunning, beautiful. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, you know, I was definitely loved the sports and stuff, but um, wasn't doing it at an elite level per se. And yeah, pretty normal. Uh, well, normal. I don't know. It's normal, but standard childhood in Montana for me, I guess. Uh, like I, when I was younger, I actually really wanted to get into rodeo and horseback riding and stuff. My parents weren't quite as excited, but yeah, I took some horse riding lessons for a while. Did some rodeo camps in the summer. Loved that. Um, and we what, would. Actually, define the rodeo. Sorry to go off, but uh, what what is rodeo like? I mean, apart from... Oh, what is rodeo? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm from Montana. Um, yeah, so in the summers, like every town kind of has like their rodeo in the summer and you'll go watch. So um, people, you know, they ride um, bulls, like, yeah, bulls. Um, so I was I was a little kid, so I rode steers like the baby bull. <laughs> right. Wouldn't stay on for long at all. Um, you do poles and barrel racing on horses. Um, and there's the people riding like the horses that are bucking like crazy and stuff, trying to stay on. That's what I was thinking more horses than bulls. Yeah. But yeah. Is that <laughs> I know. And there's a West Yellowstone. Um, that's a national park. Huge guys are very cool to see if anyone wants to go. But, um, yeah, right outside there, I would go to rodeo camp and any tourists could come watch us put on a rodeo. <laughs> amazing yeah 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 to do that and my family was extremely active so um like tons i spent tons of time in the mountains hiking backpacking camping you name it so So there was a subtle there was a gentle campaign from your mom was that to kind of steer you not to but away from the rodeo and maybe into something a bit more oh for sure for sure my mom absolutely loves triathlon like she would come to every race if she could um yeah loves following sports so yeah (laughs) so that i mean i've you know i've seen you talk about your kind of capacity for endurance sport and so on so if you weren't really kind of doing as you said like all that much in one go you know there was swimming there and some some running and, and a bit of riding and so on so yeah is that just realizing that you you would maybe do in those sessions and still had more to give or how how were you kind of coming to the realization that you had this kind of capacity for for pushing yourself yeah um you know i always like i say i didn't do a lot of sport but i did have a fair bit of success with most of what i tried to be honest um for like given the amount of time that i put into it um and when I so I when I went to college, um, I stayed in school or stayed in state, um, followed academic scholarships to college, and I was like a, a little bit bummed because I'd wanted to go do some like Division three swimming or something like that to kind of you know I was still interested in sports, and my mom knew about the triathlon club at the University of Montana where I went, and she was like, you should really try that out. So um i just joined it thinking it would be a like fun hobby thing that i did while in college um and then got way more into it than expected but yeah i mean when i first saw like how much training triathletes do i was like oh like 12 hours a week i don't know if i can do that you know um 
So it, it took a little bit of time for me to get into it. But um, yeah, I just realized like I went to a couple races and I was like, yeah, I can kind of swim back and run back to back pretty well. You know, um, I think I'm different from other people where putting the three back to back isn't a huge struggle for me. I have um, very good endurance. So it's more getting really fast at each individual one and then it'll, it'll come together and race for me when I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I guess it's, it's what's considered a lot, but 12 hours when you were studying and, it, you know, that was, that was tricky to kind of fit that into the. Oh yeah. The first time I saw that, I was like, <laughs> you know, now I train double or more, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, what, what, what were you studying at the time? Um, so I actually studied exercise science. All right. I, I first went biology kind of, and then found out exercise science is something you can study and. Um, yeah, I, I love just studying like the human body and kind of the more macro stuff that you can see a little bit more. So, um, yeah, I really love that to be honest. Mm. Yeah. Was it, it was the U23s in Rotterdam that was your first kind of big international event, right? Yeah, that was like, you know, I remember partway through the year kind of calling up my coach and being like, do you think there's any chance I could go to the U23 World Championships, you know? But like such a big thing. And she was like, yeah, like I actually think that you can and I think we can get there. Um, I was so excited. Um, yeah, and that is a huge trip. And uh, I was in school at the time. So like that kind of cut into like the school season again. So I was, you know, taking a week off of um, classes and stuff to go out there. Uh, my mom came with me to that one because it was my very first one and really had no idea what to expect. Um, and I felt like I was in very good shape and I woke up that morning completely sick. I had, I, it wasn't food poisoning because then my roommate got it the next day, but at the time we thought it was food poisoning. So, you know, similar symptoms. Wow. Um, very sick. Tried to start the race because, you know, I've just, of course I was going to try, but yeah, didn't even finish the race. And that was a crazy conditions race too. It was so wet and so windy and um, mm. yeah, really haven't had an experience like that again. Thankfully though. No, I guess there's good and bad to be found in that being your first experience, right? There's like, you know, yeah. again, back to that thing of everyone's formative path through being so, so very different and like fate conspired to mean that your first championship finals wasn't until last year right and and you know there'd be plenty that would have been able to kind of tick through a few um a few early on or even have a home a home race in fact i suppose if you look at like new plymouth the the kiwis absolutely smashed the podiums in the men's and the women's races right yeah and i don't know does that leave you kind of wishing a little bit that there were more races on that of that kind of level within the states that um, I'm not putting it just down to that, but you know, you got yeah. Ainsley Thorpe in a career best and well, and Nicole, I think as well, right. Hadn't won a world cup before that. I don't think so. I think so. You know, there's, there is a lot to be said for that home racing and you've got to go back to like 2018 for the Sarasota world cup. And that was switched to duathlon because you know, just difficult race conditions, 2015 for the previous Chicago series. Um, yeah. Yeah, I I would absolutely love to have home races like that. Um, like I was just reminded of it in New Zealand. Like we were racing, and I'm just you know I, I've 
I know everyone on the circuit now. So when I'm with them in a race, like I kind of know what to expect out of everyone. Uh, and I, <laughs> I don't know if it was me being early season. You know, the Kiwis have been racing for a little while in New Zealand, but I really felt like they were performing throughout the race, like at a just a, a notch higher than they usually are. And and they're always great. Not to say they're not great. Um, but yeah, I really felt like they felt that home crowd and I was just, I would love to have that kind of experience. Um, we were on a phone call with some USAT earlier this year and I was kind of recalling the story of last year in Leeds as well. Like another similar event where, you know, the UK really gets around the race. Um, and in that particular one, I actually didn't have a great race there. Um, it was kind of a little bit behind the main group the whole way working very hard um and i was racing right next to kate waff like the whole race and she like people were just cheering for her i swear the entire race all i heard was like go kate let's go kate and i was just like this is so cool like we're at the back of the race and they're still just like so pumped to see her come by uh and i would like would so love to have that in the u.s i think it's harder with a big country because even like we have Sarasota, but you know, every fan can travel to Sarasota to watch. So yeah, we need to find a place where we can really get like a core group of people and bring it back year to year. I would love that. I think most of us would. Yeah. Boulder, right? I mean. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll have a, the first altitude race. <laughs> <laughs> so was it in this closed season that you were able to use the the kind of what, not high performance center, but the Olympic, like the the center in in Boulder. Um, you did a couple of posts about kind of the facilities you were able to get to grips with out there, and so on. Um, yeah, yeah. In Colorado Springs, we have the Olympic Training Center, which is a little under two hour drive from Boulder. Um, and so last year, I actually lived there for a couple of weeks towards the end of the year. Um, really made use of the facilities. So. Uh, you can come, there's dorms you can stay in, there's a dining hall, you know, eat all you want all day long. Um, the pool's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So last year was my first year on the national team. And then this year, um, we kind of went to a camp and we did some like testing at the start of this year. Um, I didn't actually do this particular one, but um, like some running shoe testing, um, you know, if you wanted to try out various shoes, um, sweat rate stuff basic like vo2 max lactate threshold testing mm. yeah so it's really cool to have that so close and i think it is part of the reason that boulder is so big is because you know you need a some medical attention you want to get a quick mri you can head down there and make use of that stuff yeah is it one of those sort of situations where you're kind of looking around and realizing how fortunate you are to have those kind of facilities at your disposal yeah, for sure. Um, I know, like, particularly, like, if, if you get an injury, everyone's like, you just head there because um, it just, you know, expedites the process so fast with seeing doctors and um, physical therapy and all of those things. Um, but, yeah, then for performance testing as well, you know, we're pretty much if there's a test you want to do, you can ask to go do it. Did you have opportunity to have some sort of sports psychology there going on as well? Was that was that something that I think you you mentioned in one of your articles? Um, yeah. Just kind of talk us through that. I know, like you, the article that you wrote uh, back in February was kind of r related more to 
previous spring, right? And and kind of the the start of 2022 and what you were feeling going into Yokohama and and so on. But um, specifically talking about that, I guess it's I suppose is it indicative of how difficult a subject it is to sometimes bring up and discuss and get to the bottom of that that article was written, you know, in February, almost a full year after you were going through it and so on. And uh, and was the conversations with the sports psychologist that you had in in Colorado Springs, was that something that made you realize that this was an important thing to write, to share, to get off your chest and a good way of doing it as well? Yeah, yeah. So um, last year going into the year, Yokohama was my first race um, and... I put so much pressure on myself and wanted to do so well and just completely panicked. Um, we let it kind of like really just take over my life in the weeks leading up to the race um, to the point that basically the week before I left, I was, I mean, essentially just like having a massive panic attack, um, struggling to, you know, eat food, do any training at all. Um, and sorry to interrupt do you think that was partly due to that kind of longer intro to that season as well because that was was that last year that yoko was the first one of the year and it was may and yeah so everything it yeah I, I, yeah I actually i do think that was part of it um i because i've always had nervous races and like the the quicker i race back to back the more i'm just kind of feeling the flow so i do think that was part of it um also like we are going into the next Olympic cycle, which is something that, you know, for years I'd kind of been like, oh, I'd love to be good in the next Olympic cycle. Then um, I kind of had planned to be my first year of doing like really as many of the WTS races as I could and, you know, wanting to have a good performance across the series. So it was kind of, you know, I say like I race all the time, you know, no race is that different, but it really felt like, like this is the kind of the next step. And, you know, I just... You want so badly to just, you know, make a huge splash and be better than you've been before. And um, and I did feel great in training, which almost made me more nervous because I'm like, I feel like I, <laughs> you know, I can do It's on me to just put out the race now. Right. So, um, yeah, yeah, I got um, basically, you know, I thought I wasn't going to Yokohama. It was so bad. I was like, I, ca I can't even get on a plane to go to a race. And um you know reach out to usat got in touch with some services and um started working with a psychologist who is in the spring so i've seen her in person when i've been there um and yeah it's yeah i mean it's hard like it's probably you know i don't want to be this person who gets so nervous and stuff um but it's kind of just my load and to bear in triathlon to some extent like uh, I've kind of realized it's a little bit who I am and um, like accepting it can make it just feel so much lighter than um, mm. kind of trying to fight it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that feeling like you can't even get on an airplane and have a long distance flight. I mean, that must have just been horrible. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I mean, I can't describe how hard it was. Um and so then coming into this year, like, I was definitely like, oh, okay, how how am I going to start the year again? But so I've got through one race way better than last year. I mean, I won't say things are always perfect, but um, perfect's not, not the goal as I get re reminded by the psychologists and whatnot. 
is that that's kind of one of the mantras is it that you've just gotta and, and maybe like harness that nervous energy is there anything in there that if you can kind of convert it into something that you can use yeah for sure I mean I'm always just like you know I would love to just be that person who's like oh a race whatever so calm and um you know but I when I'm talking with people or with like the psychologists and whatnot like I'm reminded like it does help racing and like maybe that's part of like what you need to kind of get yourself going um and you know everyone falls in a little bit different place on that spectrum um but i think you know like the more i've shared myself and the more i've kind of um paid close attention i think more people um yeah i don't know if they struggle with it as much as i do but a, a lot of us are getting really nervous for these races um you know they're really hard and um uh, there's such like split second little differences that that make a huge impact in your overall result. So, um, yeah, I think we we really get on ourselves to have good performances and whatnot. Were you surprised by the the number of people that were then sort of coming out and saying, "Yeah, I'm with you. I, I totally get that." And I guess even people that you might have seen a hundred times and thought, "God, that is you know they're cool as a cucumber every time." And yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and to be honest, like I feel like some people have had said that to me, and I, like I'm a person who struggled with this, and they're like, "Wow, like you're so like chill," or, um, you know, I've been told so many times by so many like coaches or people over the years, like that I'm so great under pressure, and you know, always perform under pressure, and you know, oh, you just looked so nonchalant before the race, and yeah, under the surface things can be so different than what it seems, but I guess putting on a good race face <laughs> so was that i don't know writing that article i would sort of you know recommend anyone to to read it as well but w was that a little bit of <clears throat> therapeutic putting it out there and you know it's a brave thing to 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 put out there and i guess articulating what that is making you feel to someone else is like almost the hardest part as well is it yeah, I mean, so like you said before, at this point, it had been like almost a year since um, kind of like my worst spell. And uh, yeah, it did take me that long to want to put it out there and feel like I could without, you know, like causing me to kind of relapse almost into those things. So, but yeah, I don't know why I, I felt like I wanted to, like, I just felt like, you know, I'm trying to kind of tell my story a little bit with articles I've been writing and I feel like that's just such a huge part of it um and something that a lot of people do relate to um and you know that we don't talk about enough a lot but it's happening frequently so yeah yeah it was it was I was nervous I definitely like kind of thought about it for a few months before I actually was like okay yeah I am gonna put this out there but um yeah I'm glad that I did is this something that the the psychologist back, like would also refer to as something that can be good for you to work things out? Like, have you always been a bit of a writer or a note taker? Or yeah, you know, I didn't actually talk to her about the fact that I wasn't going to write about it. Uh. <laughs> I mean, did she did she maybe suggest that you know getting things down on paper is is a good way of dealing with it? I'm yeah, yeah. I, like I I do, I enjoy writing. I've never been like a journaler per se, and that's definitely something like. Um, that's been, you know, people always have said multiple times, like, yeah, you could try 
um, a little bit of journaling type of thing. And I, I don't, for whatever reason, I've never really taken to that hugely, but, um, you know, it does go the same for whether you're starting a world triathlon series race, um, in Yokohama and it's the first race for seven or eight months and have this huge build up or an age grouper or just the, you know, the tiniest local race, right? The, those sort of levels of nerves and fear and all of that are there. Yeah. Are there any like universal truths that you're that have particularly kind of hit home with you that you would either recommend someone else try or that just really helps you? Oh, yeah, I'm trying to think about it. Like, I mean, I think the biggest thing is just uh, that I've learned is like kind of just not letting things spiral. So, um, you like. You know, if you're you're getting nervous or um, doubts or whatnot, and um, you know, I'm told is like it's like this too. Like that's okay. I acknowledge that you know I'm having this thought or this experience, and like I could move on. Like it's just part of the process too, and it's not like the biggest thing weighing on you ever. Um, so yeah, trying to not just like spiral one thought into, you know, something that really takes over. Um, but yeah, I think like for me, it's really just a matter of kind of getting out there. And um, like you said, like, you know, the more often I race, the more com- comfortable I feel. Um, although I also am someone who loves like a long training block. So it's kind of like weighing the pros and cons of those things you know um in some ways i felt like that long break last year was great because i had so much time to like kind of really build fitness in a way that we often don't with race schedules so yeah yeah it's always hitting the pros and cons yeah so it's actually do you think it's 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 more down to performance and you putting the pressure on converting that you know you'd, you'd almost feel more comfortable just training and training and training and it's the sort of shifting that into a race that kind of brings that brings those feelings out rather yeah yeah do you think i mean is it something that you've seen increasingly discussed by like usat by other athletes you know mental health in in general is it something that you feel i don't know if you're kind of across the athlete committee too much and and so on but is it are these things that you think are are discussed enough or could be more i mean i'm sure always could be more but i think we're you know talking about it more and more i would say um, you know, I've only been in the elite sport for so many years, but it it appears to me that, you know, these topics are really kind of coming to light more and more. Um, I think, you know, a lot of athletes are working with sports psychologists or at least have at some point, which I imagine is different than how things were so a f- number of years ago. Um, like, you know, so Chelsea Sidaro, um, just won the Ironman World Championships. She used to race with us in the short course racing. When I was getting started, I raced with her a ton. Uh, mm. And yeah, so like she put out an article kind of ahead of this race she just did in Oceanside that was, uh, I mean, I'm not going to say like it's similar to me, but again, like, it, you know, she, her mental health struggled a bit after Oceanside and with the um, kind of pressures that she felt having been world champion, um, just kind of the opposite side of it from where I'm coming with, you know, going into it, but um, yeah, I think it's it's becoming more and more um, talked about, and you know, across women's and men's spectrums as well. Even yeah. 
is it too simplistic to say that like the first part of a race is the swim and there's a lot of people that are genuinely kind of nervous about the physicality of that start element of a swim as well does that can that magnify the issue do you think yeah that's interesting you bring that up because i did used to be nervous about the swims in particular like to be honest i did not enjoy the first couple itu swims i did i was like uh this is terrifying like i don't want, even want to do this sport um and i've really come around to like feeling much more calm in in the swim environment um but yeah like oh i used to be so jealous of the you know uber servers and i'm like at least you get to just start the race out so smooth um so i don't i don't think that that's a part of what i've had recently um but you know it's one more th thing to add on for sure yeah do you feel it's gotten better i know that you know it's obviously been a, a major part of um of keeping on top of swim behavior and so on in the last season and a half um do you feel like it's gotten better do you do you think there was like a real pro i mean there was obviously an issue that felt they needed to be sort of getting closer to the action and seeing what was going on but yeah how, how much of an issue is it yeah um you know race to race it feels very different um and i think for me kind of like my <laughs> dislike of the swims at first it wasn't so much the people were doing things they shouldn't as much as just you know the reality of putting 60 people on a start line and funneling down to a cone in 300 meters when we're all you know can swim 100 within five seconds of each other like yeah. it's just gonna be mayhem to some degree uh yeah. and just like getting comfortable swimming you know right next to one person right next to another hoping you can breathe turning around the buoy at the right time and all that uh like you really can't i mean maybe with a huge group you could practice it to some degree in a pool but um that's just something you have to kind of slowly get comfortable with over time uh, and i do like i've noticed such a big like every little bit further up you are in the swim it's so much calmer just as the congestion comes more and more you know um towards the back of the race you really it really does change the experience um but yeah i think it's cool that like the athletes really did reach out and say, "Hey, we want we want this monitor more." And um, yeah, it's such a fine line though between you know my arm accidentally went on that person versus I put my arm on that person. So yeah, yeah, it's a hard one, but I think it's for the better that we're trying to monitor it for sure. Yeah, I guess the effort has to definitely be in there. But like you said, the the, the ch percentage likelihood of it happening as an accident is way higher than it happening deliberately <laughs> presumably right that that kind of finding yeah. yourself in situation so um yeah difficult and then, and like you said from race to race there's some i mean the calaviviri swim is a particularly tricky one i think isn't it like there's a lot of turns in there yeah yeah that one if you don't get out well you can just be i mean, that one it's you're the, you kind of swim around an island and it's so narrow on the back and you're just literally like out of water <laughs> Which yeah. is kind of hilarious. Uh, I know some people have been like, be careful. You don't want to like run your knee into a rock when you're kicking. <laughs> I love the Carlo Mary course though. So I think everyone should go. <laughs> and the Huatulco one. So that it was last year, wasn't it? That you came off on the bike there. I mean, you've had your fair share of bad luck <laughs> over the seasons, haven't you? But that was another kind of going in as race number one as well, right? 
yeah, yeah, that was my first time going in as number one, which very cool. Also kind of feels like a bit of pressure. Um, but I had high hopes for that race, to be honest. And, you know, I felt like I had a really good swim and I started the bike, you know, very aggressive at the front. And I just, I felt like it was going to be a good day. And then hit a corner or a huge pop. And that was kind of that. Yeah. Well, what are the, as far as you're concerned, the sort of benefits and negatives of putting too many specific goals and targets throughout your season? You know, if you, at the end of 2023, for example, what are you hoping to tick off? And you know, I mean, you've got to, you got to set some pretty ambitious, lofty targets, right? To keep, to keep at it. But at the same time, like you said, it's the nature of the sport that things don't go to plan. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's actually like figuring out where to send my goal. That's something I've actually started to struggle with a little more lately. Um, cause you know, this first couple of years, like the goal was like, do a WTS, you know, finish in the top half of a world cup, like kind of things that, um, I was capable of achieving and like were clearly the, you know, yeah, I did the next step. Whereas now I feel like I'm in a position where, um, you know, the lines are smaller. I can't say, oh, I just want to jump 10 positions in a race this year because realistically that's not, I mean, maybe it'll happen, but um, I think it would be too lofty of a type of goal to set for myself um, and I would just get, um, you know, bummed down to not hit it. So yeah, I'm kind of struggle with like, where do, where do I put my goals? And um, really, I think for this year in particular, we do have some big races with the test event and the grand final. Um, so like having a good performance, getting into those races to begin with, because our team is really large, um, and then having a good performance there, like that would definitely be, you know, all goals checked for the year, I think. Um, but aside from that, it's really kind of just consistency and just kind of getting that feeling that like, yeah, I haven't improved a little bit each race. Um, and yeah, there's some races kind of like Wachuco where I want to come in with these big goals, but um, you also have to have the the bigger oversight of um, kind of giving yourself time to let it happen. You know, if it doesn't happen at this one, there's a couple more to try. And Did you watch Oceanside? Are you, you know, do you, do you like to kind of try and keep a, a broad, uh, upkeep on what's going on in the sport and, and is that something that you kind of got half an eye on as well so. yeah a little bit like i'll watch the world champs every year um pay attention to what happened in the pto races um so i watched like i think i came home from a swim and my boyfriend had oceanside playing so i kind of saw the run basically mm -hmm. yeah it's just interesting isn't it like there's always the discussion about how the how the races are presented and coverage and so on and you know there's, there's it seems like every race there's things that people are focusing on that have improved and things that haven't and you know it's notoriously tricky sport to perhaps be able to kind of broadcast it in a engaging way for extended periods of time yeah for sure um i think we you know aside from kind of the world champs i don't think we really watch any of the long course races start to finish um i I don't think he'd been playing it much longer from before I walked in. So I think he might have seen a little bit of the bike ride too this past weekend. Um, but yeah, we, you know, we, we watch if I, well, bef so before I raced the WTS series, I watched all of those races. Now that I'm kind of like going to them all, you know, if I miss one, I may or may not watch it. It kind of depends what the time zone is. Um, 
And, you know, now that I'm racing myself, you know, 10 plus times a year, kind of like, well, I don't know if I need to spend my next week at also watching a triathlon online, but um, yeah. I like to keep up with the results, at least if I, if I don't tune in live. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting seeing like a Leo Bouger, isn't it? Kind of come in, talk to Vance Luis, and he was saying that he didn't think many people would be sort of trying to slot in those longer distance races with Paris coming up and da da da. But then Leo saying, well, actually, he finds it as he did with Lanzarote last year that, you know, around this kind of time to, to put in that sort of distance racing kind of really helped and so on. So um, I don't know if it's just happening more as an integrated thing or if it did always happen before, but it's just like the level of results have got have got better. But it definitely felt like maybe Christian and Gustav had, had slightly ch- sort of changed the Rubicon and by, and people were kind of, almost laughing at their ambitions in the sport before as they started weren't they like it was kind of oh yeah let's see how this goes on but yeah converted it in style yeah i feel like they were kind of the ones to really show like hey we can have a lot of success if we jump over potentially um and got people excited um and yeah uh i'm not gonna lie i was kind of like oh wow Leo really wants to do this like going into the season and whatnot but um, I think, I mean, I remember hearing, I think Nicola Spierig, like before she won the Olympics or one of the years where she medaled, she had done a half Ironman like two weeks before or something like that. Um, so I think, yeah, like depending on the training, some people, they, they benefit with that kind of like long, long kind of threshold mm. session. Um, and, you know, coming off. The training that we do you could still perform very well at that distance uh it's something i'm definitely interested in uh like we said before i feel like my endurance is kind of my strong suit in triathlon over over my top speed um and i feel like i work so hard to um you know for instance like the sprints out of u-turns on the bike like i practice so much to be able to come out of the u-turn with everyone um and yeah, so things like that I've worked at a lot. So I, uh, yeah, I, I guess I've I've been interested in the long course racing. Um, the more I get into ITU, the more that gets put on the back burner. But um, oh, well, we'll see. some year, some year I want to give it a try as well myself, and we'll see what happens. Interesting, is it? it so coming out of those U turns and and not having to, or or being able to maintain a better speed out is that something that you think kind of earlier on in your career was taking a lot out of your legs if you know on reflection yeah a little bit i mean so like the as you jump up the level of racing those little things become more and more necessary so uh, i did have a couple years where you know maybe the racing wasn't quite as full-on in in these little aspects like every little u-turn or you know the first hundred meters of the swim so I had some years to build into it, but um, yeah, it's something that I, you know, all those little sprints throughout, like, you know, being fast in transition, running, um, yeah, the U-turns on the bike, like any little, you know, all these little uh, segments, accelerations that we do. Um, it, Yeah, it's something that I really worked out a lot because that top speed didn't come naturally to me when I first started. Um, I think like 
the first time I had a really good WTS swim was in Hamburg in 2020. And I went like, I hit the first buoy in the swim and I was like, I was so tired. I was like, I don't know if I could finish the swim, let alone the rest of the race. Like, I'm just going to try, try to keep turning my arms over here because um, I just had to go to like that absolute next level to kind of be there. Um, and yeah, so that's something like just working on top speed all the time in my training. Um, just kind of... I. The way we do it is we do it in very short bursts. So I might do like a longer set, but like throughout it, always sprinkling in a little bit of top speed here and there. Yeah. yeah. And then it's, it's a case of finding those little windows in within the race, is it, where you can kind of build a little recovery in, like if you've just hammered yourself in the Hamburg swim and you kind of have those. Yeah. I mean, the, the more you get into the races, the more it can become just this automatic thing and like learning those little spots where you can recover and um you know being like oh i know whose wheel i'm on so i expect how they're going to take this next turn and i can kind of like foresee what's about to happen things like that um when you've been racing longer just yeah you you can find those spots to relax a little bit here and there when you when you think you can and then other times where you kind of know something's about to happen and i can't relax at this moment yeah or indeed in the eliminator format that you were describing again on your uh slow twitch and that kind of leg wobble even as you're back on the pontoon from the previous race and okay so i just want to say like when i came into triathlon everything was olympic distance right i remember when i first started i was doing my conti cups listening to podcasts where there was going to be some sprints introduced and people were like how are we going to train for the sprint distance at a wts you know, all we've done is Olympic. How's that going to change? And now as I as I make my way into the WTS, now we even have the eliminators thrown at us. So um, it's I, like, as I said before, like this top end speed, I feel like is somewhere that um, I like, I think I can get there, but it's just like I'm working so hard to, to do that. And the eliminator for me is very, very difficult. <laughs> uh, like come, the 2K run is just... I mean, I feel like my legs cannot turn over any faster for the entire 2K. Um, And I know a lot of athletes I race, they love it. And they're like, this is what I always wanted in ITU is to go like this to this level of speed. Um, For me, I kind of like the Olympic distance. But uh, yeah, I've been doing my best to keep up with all of it. (laughs) And Arena Games finals this weekend in London as well. So yeah, another little... Yeah, I've yet to do one of the hosts. We'll see. Yeah. So, yeah, well, where will we see you next, putting it all into into practice? What's what's the first one in the yeah, show you are? Hopefully Yokohama and Keg Liadari. Um, mm-hmm. And since, you know, we, I think we said earlier, like a lot of travel from the US, so we're hoping to kind of like roll those into one trip and camp in between. So should be a fun little time with the US team. So that's the hope. Brilliant. Well, yeah, Yokohama is going to be a cracker on Triathlon Live, of course. Um, yeah, we're very much looking forward to seeing you out there and uh, seeing what the second race of the season has in store. Thank you. Nice one. Thanks a lot, Erica.